Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. I'm Chuck. And we are back with part two. Uh, and I, I'll just get right into it. How are you, Sean? I'm fantastic. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I'm going to remind the, uh, remind the listeners per se. Um, you, I'll, you went from being a Navy corpsman to having the most strange origin story in the Marine Corps. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because you were kind Devil of, Doc. you were kind of a celebrity. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. You weren't done name. with serving and you decided to continue on on and got yeah. a little bit of red carpet treatment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how red carpet it was. <laughs> it was interesting, if anything. Oh, what I meant to ask last time when you were you were in and you 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 know you were in the civil affairs group doing all the um for like uh, gotcha. the Leatherneck newspaper and all the newspaper stuff, or I don't know if it was Leatherneck um, newspaper, but um, a magazine or whatever, but you were doing all the cool stuff for like the editing or in the video, like the, the reporting, I guess. Right. Public affairs. You, yeah. 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 Public affairs. And that's where you picked up um, E4 and E5, right? Yes. Did you ever get to do the gauntlet for your blood stripes? Oh, No. Not, oh, they didn't do. It. Not, I was, I was like, man, I wonder if they did it over there because where I, I got it done by, you know, some senior lances and some corporals, and they fucking made me walk the gauntlet where they need me in the legs to give me my blood yeah, stripes. You were, you were, you were in a real MOS. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> public affairs is. <laughs> hey, my buddy you went just to didn't public have anybody affairs. there to knee you. <laughs> yeah. No, there, yeah, there wasn't anybody bad enough to try and do that. Like. <laughs> So oh, I just want to I just want to bring that up because basically we're going to skip forward because uh, we have so much more to talk about. Uh, we got yeah. to a point where we were discussing. Uh, so for you listeners, didn't listen to last week's. Shame on you. Go listen to last week's and then you'll know what we're talking about. Right. Um, you had just gone through uh, and gotten your uh, public affairs job and then made sergeant. As you were going to another assignment and lateral we, moving, right. And we were talking about that and I don't want to, I, I just want to remind everybody where we're at. So as we pick up where we left off, how did you end up going? Like, how long did it take for you to make Sergeant and start lateraling over? Oh, like, so I got to the depot and get settled into my job there at the depot. And it was almost immediately that I picked up corporal and then immediately picked up sergeant. Oh, okay. Like the cutting score for corporal came out and I had it. And then oh. the next promotion cycle when the cutting score for sergeant came out, I had it because all of my Navy time and everything counts towards time in service, time oh. in grade type of thing. Okay. So oh, I, yeah, dude. <laughs> On the on the books, when I was a public affairs, when I was a lance corporal, I was a lance corporal with seven and a half years in service. Yeah, you just you leveled <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, like get a power up. Yeah, easy mode activated. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and so, like when they when this cutting score came out for me to pick up corporal, 
I want to say it was like like a 1700 or something like that. And I had like an 1875 cutting score. Like I was ridiculously over whatever it was supposed (laughs) to be both times. Like it was, it was insane. Uh, like I, I just gotten my uniforms back from like getting corporal sewn on to them. Cause you know, like seasonal stuff. <laughs> right. So like, like I didn't my, sergeant. <laughs> yeah. My dress blues came back. I got that, I got that bump in pay from corporal and I'm like, yeah, I gotta get all my stuff sewn on. Cause, uh, you know, I'm on the depot. So all my stuff has to look professional. Plus I'm in public affairs. So I'm in front of cameras and stuff all the right. time. So my stuff has to be like ready to go at all I- times. And I'm getting all that stuff back and it's like, Oh yeah, by the way, now you're a sergeant. So I just spent $400 <laughs> to get all these patches sewn on. And now I've got to spend another 400 to get how, all that seriously, stuff. How soon? How, how, how quickly? Oh, within like six months. Like I was a corporal wow, for, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was insane. Like, I'm not kidding when I say the cutting score came out. <laughs> yeah. I got promoted. The next cutting cool. score came out and I got promoted. I, uh, I do have to say when, when you're gunny, wants you to promote and that shit comes out they try to push you so fucking hard so fast they're like hey you're gonna you're gonna promote yeah yeah um, my my gunny was a scumbag bro i hated her she did not she did <laughs> oh, not want me to promote too. she did not want me to promote but she had no choice in the matter because really like the cutting score what? was like a 1775 and i had like a 1900 cutting score with oh, everything so right. there's no way they could the only way they could have stopped me was to non-wreck me. Oh, that but there was nothing that they there was nothing they could non-wreck me for. Oh, so like it was <laughs> her hands were tied, chief. Like she was <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Stick it to the man. And yeah, I would have kept was, you was, from promoting if it weren't for you meddling kids. If, if you'd have just done something, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah, like she she hated me, man. Like Wow. Then again, like still everybody. Yeah. Everybody didn't like me. And then when I when they found out that I was lat moving and I was no longer I like I was abandoning the public affairs field to go oh. the tracks. Dude, my lieutenant colonel, um he was cool about it because he understood. Like I was like, dude, I don't fit in here. Like I'm not right. Like I'm good at this job. I'm able to do this job. Right. Like I went from being just a lowly writer to being like the press chief and the editor for the paper and all this kind of stuff. Like I knew my stuff, but the, like the culture, like I didn't fit into the culture of like being a public affairs person, I guess. So you mean softer? I was like, yeah, man, go do bigger and better things. But there's a master sergeant that swapped out, like the gunny got, retired and then this master sergeant came in and took her place and he was a dick and he thought like he found out like i was leaving and he's like you'll never amount to nothing you don't know how the core works and da, 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 da. and i was like motherfucker like i got more ribbons than you i've been to more deployments i guarantee like because you you got like you two rows lot, bro and like you were like a desert storm marine like you didn't do shit like <laughs> And then by the time, then by the time the GWAP popped off, you were high enough in the chain that you could send everybody else underneath you, and you didn't like, have you to go. To, so like, you went to Kuwait City and got yeah, bro. Like you were sitting on the on the Air Force base eating ice cream, chief. Right. Like, don't talk to me about the real Marine Corps. <laughs> and you were deployed yeah, with Marines yeah. as a devil doc. Like, I mean, 
You knew how the Marine Corps worked. Our doc was with us all the fucking time. He never saw BAS. And the moment he did, he didn't fit in there. He fit in more oh, with yeah. us as the, as the Marines. And he was an honorary Marine in our book. I mean, we fucking didn't look at him any differently. So that statement by his ignorant ass is completely false because you probably understand it more than he does. He's just a fucking egotistical asshole who's got a wants to throw a big green weenie all over the place. Yeah, he wanted to come in and flop his dick, and I was already on the way out the door, so he had no real power over me because my yeah. package had already dropped and I had already been <laughs> well, selected for a school packages, seat. Yeah. Marine Corps yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, like I'm out the door. Like I'm, I'm fucking awesome. I got to turn in my gear and I'm leaving in like a month and a half. And he, right. he knew like, basically like just treat me like shit until I left so that I wouldn't spoil the rest of the team or whatever. But that was, that was the joke on him because the rest of the team loved me. So that kind of leadership <laughs> boggles my mind, boggles my mind. Yeah. It happens too often. It's, it's everywhere. It's an epidemic, dude. Okay. So Sean, yeah, I'm gonna... it's one of those things that like, the good leadership is intimidated by junior leaders that are good leaders because they, they see right. something. I don't know what they see, but like there's something in me being a sergeant and having more sway over the junior Marines than you being a master sergeant and thinking that, you know, your rank entitles you to like the respect and all this stuff. Like, yeah, I got to respect right. your rank. I don't have to respect you as a person. Right. And that was his issue is like, I didn't have the rank, but if I saw if I said something to the junior Marines, like they would immediately like jump to and go do whatever I asked them to do without question. There's a difference but, between saluting the uniform and saluting the man in it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Big time. Which I always, I always like, I never really cared about like rank so much as like I, if the dudes that I was with and the ladies that I was with that were entrusted to my care as an NCO, if they knew that I would do anything for them, like, I don't care what's on my shoulder. Right. It never really bothered me. I mean, I got forced out as a sergeant. So like, (laughs) really, let me guess the cutting score was so fucking high in tracks that you're just like, I can't fucking promote like, or was even a a fucking service package. It's it's, it's, I was up for staff when I got there, but the thing that killed me is that because I moved as a sergeant, I was competing with dudes that were trackers from the jump and I didn't have as many deployments and all that kind of stuff in the, in the MOS field. So I didn't have enough MOS credibility um, as like the guys that I'm going up against. But I was like, if you pulled up the, the sergeant's scores, like for sergeants looking to staff sergeant and all that stuff and looking at time and service and time and grade and all that stuff, dude, I had people beat by like, eight years that were in the same boat as me because all my, again, all my Navy time counted for time and service and time and grade and all that stuff. So So before we start talking about the top of the list, the tracks, top of the list though, how did you even go? Like we were talking about you telling your, your guys over at media and stuff like that, you were leaving and they're treating you like shit, but how did you make, where was the, where was the decision to go from public affairs to tracks? Was it just because tracks was open and you needed to get the, hell out of the community affairs office or did you specifically seek that one out no so when i was a corpsman with three six kilo company was the track platoon 
So I had operated on tracks as a corpsman previously. Right. So I kind of knew my way around them. Okay. And like I'd been deployed off of them and all that kind of stuff. So I was, I was in the back, like I wasn't driving the thing or anything like that, but it was, again, it was a familiarity thing. Like I was right. like, I can go here okay. and do was that. that a, and was that at a second? No, I was at a uh, third out at Pendleton. Both when you were in, in the Navy too? Oh yeah, when I was in the Navy, yeah, that was second tracks. Uh Hilo would have been a, attached to second tracks. I don't remember which company or whatever out of there, but they were augmented to us. So we would go and do field ops and deployment training and all that kind of stuff with the dudes over at tracks. Okay, so you've seen Courthouse Bay. Oh yeah. Okay. And what what's the, the river? New New River or whatever that yeah, they splash river. into over there out of Courthouse Bay. Yeah, and then we did like Gator Squares and stuff off the coast, ship ops and all that kind of stuff. So it was all Fun. all familiar stuff, and it was what it year? was one of those things like I was just like when I went to tracks. Well, when you uh, were first been, there as a doc, and then when you went there. Oh, when I was there as a doc, that would have been like two thousand three through two thousand and five, sure, two thousand six ish. I bet we when uh, I was up there. And then, like I said, 2006 to 2007, I was at the hospital in Gitmo and right. then got out 2007, went to the Marines and whatnot. But yeah, getting the tracks was weird too, because I'm, I'm going to the schoolhouse as a sergeant to learn the MOS. So that was, <laughs> a, that was a whole nother thing. It just kept going, man. Right. Like every time I found myself going, it was always like, what are you doing here? Like, I was oh, gonna say, it sounds like, like every <laughs> every time you turn around, everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" Dude, you know what's funny? Every um, turn that I made, it was, yeah. "Who are you? Why are you here? What did you do? <laughs> did you get demoted? Like right. something ridiculous, you know?" Like, you know what's funny, Tom? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. But, know if you I was just waiting for you. <laughs> oh, uh, what's funny is that Sean and I, um. And he he mentioned it last time. I just didn't say anything. But we were actually in uh, boot camp at the exact same time. Wait, you guys were going off. through base? Oh, a month off. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so he was a class ahead of me. The other. <laughs> so he was in. Yeah, I was Delta Company, and I don't remember which one you were. Were you Bravo? I'd have been Alpha. Alpha. So he was an Alpha Company. I was Delta Company, like ten thirty eight or some shit. I don't really remember, but or ten eighteen. I don't know, but so I, we were there like at the four, same time, four or five weeks ahead of him. Or well, I got there in September. Uh huh. So, well, yeah, I don't know how long. Yeah, I would have got to. I would have got the Paris Island at. It would have been like July sixteenth or something like okay, that. Okay, so you were you were fucking. Gra I was probably watching you graduate. So they'd bring us out there. And you'd be on the, you know, the grinder fucking practicing all your shit. And I think that I remember them talking about a, a, a gent who was fucking stacked out. So like, I, that's ringing yeah, a bell. I'm pretty me. sure it's fucking you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, funny. It was funny walking across the parade deck when we graduated and everyone has like one ribbon because you get like the national defense, like gimme ribbon. Right, right. And the then participation ribbon. my ridiculous amount of ribbons. And I'm like, like, I was just one of the, like, I was like first squad, 
like third person back or something like that is where I ended up falling in line. And uh, so I was like, it was like the guide, then like two people and then me. (laughs) So like you see the stuff and then you just see like all my ribbons and even like parents were like, what the fuck? You get the rank of a PFC (laughs) with the chest candy of a Mexican general. (laughs) Yeah. I have, I have a picture from boot camp. I think on my Instagram, uh, you can go and see. If not, I'll, I'll remind everybody what your Instagram is. So it's a a marine called Doc, a underscore marine underscore called underscore Doc. There you go, and that's that's kind okay. of well, yeah. Tracks was fun, man. Uh, so you, you when you go to tracks, you you're familiar with it. You're like, shit, I got to get out of foreign affairs. I know tracks. That's cool. So you go over there. You get through schooling and then how does that work for you like you know what you now now you have your own doc on your tracks squad or yeah <laughs> i have a pushing corman and stuff it's it's, it's funny too because like the corman that they attach to us like i'm like that uh that scene from parks and rec when ron swanson goes into the hardware store you know, and the guy's oh, like, I know more than you. you. He's like, I, I literally know. know more than you. Like, and he like walks away. Like, <laughs> like hey, I'm your corpsman yeah. today. Like, do you need anything? And I'm like, I, I literally know more than you. You're like a HN E3. Like, get away from me. <laughs> so, oh my God. Did it. you tell them? <laughs> did they know you were a doc or did you just? Oh yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's one of those things that just okay. follows me everywhere is they like find out I'm a corpsman and stuff. And uh it was actually funny. So like I get to tracks and I go through school. I graduate the schoolhouse and I'm getting supposed to get sent across the street to you know one of the platoons. And they're like, who's Dickens? And I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. And I'm like, yeah, I'm over here. And they're like, yeah, you're you're going to uh supposed to be Echo Company. And I'm like, okay. And then they're like, but you're not going to Echo Company right now. You're going to go to 29 Palms as a coyote oh. and run what? training out there with mechanized patrol uh, detachment. Dude, I didn't even. I graduated the schoolhouse. I didn't see a track for eight months because I wasn't even operating tracks out in 29 Palms. I was sitting oh, really? in the back of a Humvee. Yeah, I was Dude, sitting in the back of a Humvee. Bumping across the desert, following infantry units that were like up armored in like seven tons and stuff. Dude, who did you encounter IED training? Wow. Yeah. Dude. And then I did that. And then I came back. Because the light colonel from the the public affairs office was like, no, fuck that guy. You just fuck him. Fucking bad, dude. I don't know. Dude, the only adverse fit rep I ever got in my entire career was out at 29 Palms because the lieutenant out there didn't like me <laughs> oh that's dude that's guts because they f- fucker made a call and was like hey this asshole Somebody, is coming to you happened. did i bet yeah. dude i put money on it because dude that marine corps underground is no joke yeah so i got an adverse fit rep and uh whatnot but it was it was funny because it was like all of my public affairs fit reps were super high like um like positive whatever and I go to the schoolhouse, I get a schoolhouse fit rep. And then I go to tracks 
immediately get sent to 29 Palms, get an adverse fit rep at 29 Palms, come mm-hmm. back to tracks, and then my very next thing is like must promote, right, yeah. early promote like a pie like little again. And so See, I just have this weird anomaly in my record that I have like one fit rep that says I was a shit bird. But <laughs> but you know what? That proves that to me proves like it actually is helpful because when somebody looks at just one fit rep or one evaluation or what, and there's just one guy that's saying, no, he's a fucking asshole. Right. Then you're like, mm, okay, is he no, though, or are you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> Chesty puller would have been proud. <laughs> right. If, if, uh, if you're not pissing somebody off once in a while, you're not doing your job. No, you, dude, I lived my life by that. If you're not getting an ass chewing every once in a while, you're not doing your shit. You're yep. not protecting people. Unless you're just a shit bag. I mean, but if you're taking heat and getting an ass chewing, yeah. it's different. But uh, by the way, uh, I was no, go ahead. Was I was I was never really in trouble, but I also was like never really going out of my way to like kiss anybody's ass either. You know? <laughs> yeah, I that was always my problem is I, I like yeah, as kissers, I'm just not I'm friendly, I'm nice, I'm conversational. But I don't bullshit people. <laughs> and that, that got me in trouble a few times. <laughs> I have a question for you, Sean. Now, you went uh, into the Marine Corps and, you know, <clears throat> they really wouldn't fuck with you on field days. And you had the option, uh, the ability to see what it, a main sider's field day looks like an admin, right? Kind of to going into the uh, combat arms MOS of uh, 1833 track crewmen. Um, what were those? Was that like, holy fuck, they're nuts over here when it came to field days and like hazing and shit? Because now you're seeing what the real Marine Corps is fucking like. And did it did it make you smile? Oh yeah, dude. It was yeah. it was like being home again. I was just I gonna was, say, yeah. When I was with the yeah, when I was with the infantry, it was like it's Thursday. Every piece of furniture better be on the catwalk so you can mop your floor. Like, oh yeah. Chinese field day and shit. Like, and so going to public affairs and it's just whatever. And then, yeah, going back to tracks and it was, it was back to like, your fucking bed better be outside. Like, like Fuck I'm, yeah, dude. I'm home. Like, I'm back in the Marine Corps again. <laughs> and remember <laughs> when I asked you about the um, Wesley, Wesley Rice, um, the, the instructor at the schoolhouse who ended up losing his life. Yeah. Because the because the crewman who was driving the fucking track used the hand throttle and fucking pinned it and sunk the vehicle on the jetty. Yeah, and then he fucking passed. He was my I got when I got to second tracks in the fleet uh, out of Courthouse Bay. He was my um, my NCO that I first met, and he was an asshole, like a fucking dick. And I got there on a Thursday on a field day, and we stayed up till three in the morning till he passed out drunk and never came back to check our room. And then we woke up. We're like, I guess we're just going to go to bed. Slept an hour and a half. Woke up for fucking uh, for morning PT. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Is he ever going to check our room? So, and then that was, it's just, bitch. Like, yeah, that was basically it. Welcome to the fleet, bitch. You get there and you're hearing people fucking fresh meat, fresh meat. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So I just wanted to ask, you know, like, fuck, like, what was it like just getting there and just, just being immersed in all the fucking craziness back in the Marine Corps again. You're just like, yeah, I fucking love it, dude. This is great. It was, it was awesome. Plus I went back as a Sergeant. 
So I didn't have to deal with any of that crap. And I was, and at that point I was married. So I had like my own house over in base housing. So I would have to come over and like monitor the field day. And and I would show up and it'd be like, yeah, I'm I'm showing up with, and it's like the corporals that live in the barracks. And I'm like, uh, make it happen. I'll be back in 45 minutes. And then you just hear them like, you fucking hurt. I just let my corporals do shit. Like my job is not to sit here and white glove your stuff. That's the sort. That's the corporal's job. They're the ones that should be fucking you up because your thing is still dirty. And then when I come through, because if I come through and everything's still dirty, it's because the corporals failed. So I'm fucking the corporals up, and they know it because I was a, I was a dick if you were didn't do like what you were supposed to do. Like I was one of those sergeants. Like I was super fair but I was also super firm. You know what I mean? Like if you're not doing the standard, you're going to have a rough time. Like if you're yeah. doing the standard and I tell you, Hey, this is what needs to get done. I'll be back in 30 minutes. It better be done. Right. If I come back in 30 minutes and it's not done. Okay. Well now we can play games and guess what? I've got like 15 years of fuck, fuck games built up that I know fuck yeah, that we'll have fun. And <laughs> you, so I never did that. So I would show up to field day sometimes. And I had a couple of my guys in my, in my section, that I would go up to their room and they would have like all their stuff already cleaned up and stuff. And I would walk in and they'd be like, Hey, Sergeant, how you doing? I'm like, good. And they already had like the Xbox turned on with like the chair. And I would just sit in their room and play Xbox while they were field daying around me. <laughs> and they were just That's like, awesome, whatever. And I'm like, they're like mopping. I'm just like lifting my boots up. They're mopping under my feet. I'm playing their friggin' Xbox. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, you remind me. Of my sergeant, Sergeant McCulley, um, he was just like that. Yeah, awesome. if, if you treat your guys good, like there's a, that saying, like if you treat your guys like your own beloved sons, they'll go through the gates of hell to just because you told them to. Right, and I I took that to heart. Like I'm, I would I would fight somebody in regards to my guys. Like don't come into my section and tell my guys fucking anything. Right, like. And my guys knew it. Like if somebody, if another sergeant or a corporal or something came in and was like, Hey, I'm hugging, whatever, whatever. They would be like, uh, my sergeant said that this is what I'm supposed to do. And so if you have something that whatever, you need to go talk to him. <laughs> and I would, I would fucking protect them too. Like, okay, I don't care who told you to whatever. Like I told you whatever. I'm your section leader. I'm your, I'm your a slash, whatever. Yeah. What I say goes and until you hear from somebody higher than me or you hear from me, this is your task and stuff. Cause I would have other dudes from like other sections in the platoon would come and be like, Hey, we need people to field day. Go find Sergeant Dickens. Cause I'm scrubbing rust. Cause that's what he told me to do. Right. And he'll fuck me up if he finds me not doing what he told me to do. <laughs> but see, that's good leadership. Like you, if, if you set the expectations, right. And you stick by them and you don't fuck with people and you don't, you don't treat them like shit. When they meet expectations, you treat them like, cool. You met, you met expectations. You're a human being. And then you yeah, yeah. like fuck you're, up and you're like, you're a grown ass man. right? Exactly. It's, it's almost as if when you actually expect something of somebody and then you hold them to it, you get the results you want. It's such a right? concept to so I, I can hold your hand and treat you like a toddler, right? Or mm-hmm. I can expect you to do what I asked you to do as a fucking man who mm-hmm. decided to hold your hand up and join this 
gun club that we're all in and do what you're expected to do. Like your mama ain't here. Like I'm not holding your hand. Like your daddy ain't here. That's not my job. Do what you're supposed to do. Right. Go and clean your room. Like it's not, it's not rocket science. Everybody's like, Oh, the Marine Corps is so tough. It's not tough. No. Clean your room, clean your weapon. Don't be a fat body. Like do your PT when you're supposed to PT and you will not have a bad time unless you have like some scumbag NCO. That's just a dick because he didn't get held enough when he was a child, but those guys weed themselves out (laughs) or they promote. (laughs) Yeah. Or they, yeah. Or they become, normally they just give them a rocker and live in charge people. Right. Right. Uh, so now did you deploy with the tracks at all? Uh, yeah, a couple times. Okay. So, so we went, I did how was uh, that? Yeah. the 11th Mew and then the 31st Mew. And uh, w- when you were out at sea, where did you get, where did, where were you guys posted up at? Did you have to go anywhere? Did you, how was that? We did a Westpac, um, right? Pacific a bunch. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Yeah, it was 31st Mew was Malaysia, Philippines, Hong Kong, um, <clears throat> and then Eleventh Mew was same place basically, but we got stuck in Japan for like four months before that. Oh fucking Oki! <laughs> Let us know if you need us to send help. <laughs> yeah, I'm dying. I need I need a corner. Uh, uh, okay, so you. Uh, you ran basically, even though they were both uh, one was they're different uh, muse, you went to the same general area, yeah. So, like, for the first one, we went to Malaysia, Philippines, some other place, then we went into Kuwait, and we were in Kuwait for a while, and then we went back out, and then we went Bahrain or something like that, and then. Back to Malaysia for liberty in the Indian Ocean. Ah, wherever <laughs> the boat was going, I, I was too busy in the well deck making sure my guys were busting and rusting, yeah, doing all that stuff. That well deck, dude. Oh, yeah. And then the eleventh yeah. mule, we went to Japan for a couple months and got whatever, and then went out. Yeah. And so then how did you same, get stuck in Japan? Thing, like Pacific Islands and stuff. How did we get there? I know. How did you get stuck? Well, I know how you got there. <laughs> how did you get stuck there oh well like for whatever so like the 31st mew we went out and then like took our tracks drove out into the ocean got on a ship and then we were just on the ship mm-hmm. but for the 11th mew we like flew oh. over to japan and then like hot swapped some tracks that they have uh, was it first tracks? I think it was in Japan. Yeah. So they, they gave us the Mew tracks, whatever. We got them all working and fixed them all up. And then we went out onto a ship and left from there and then just bounced around different places. Oh, so it was just like equipment prep time that you needed. Yeah, basically for like the first couple months. Cause we had to like make sure all the tracks worked. And then we had to mm-hmm. do some training over there with the grunts stuff and then we also had to put on um the eek armor on the sides of the tracks like they made us swap that out and put new eek armor and stuff on and then we were able to go get on the ship and go on our deployment so 
And it was funny because that deployment, we went to Cambodia as a Libo port. We were like Whoa. the first U.S. service ship to dock in Cambodia in like 40 years. 40 years, excuse me. How fucking crazy it was, was that? It was a fucking absolute insanity, bro. It was five days of limbo in Cambodia. And yeah, yeah. Someone has some kids we've been on. <laughs> we hadn't we hadn't been on we hadn't had a limbo port in like three months by that point. Like we had a, oh like one in Malaysia and then I think we stopped somewhere else and then we were just on the ship for a hot minute. And so by the time we got to Cambodia, because it was towards the end of the deployment, dudes had like three or four months of, of pay saved up. And they were like, all right, here's Cambodia, five days. I would like you. as many sexually transmitted diseases as you have. <laughs> it was nuts. You know, <laughs> so by far the absolute craziest thing that I've ever, well, there's a lot of crazy shit I experienced in my time in the military. But Liboport wise, Cambodia was an absolute like fever dream, bro. But was it, it was, multiple ports or did you put into one port? Nope. They docked the ship in one port in Cambodia and we just stayed there for five days. You pulled in and did not pull out. <laughs> I'm sure there were several yeah. people that did not pull out. <laughs> we we stumbled in so it was you had to go out in groups of four which was new because like in the other, like Malaysia and all these other places, it was like, you just had to have you and your Libo buddy. But in Cambodia, they were like, you have to have a, a Libo group of four. <laughs> yeah. And so a fucking hangover. It, yeah. It, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, exactly. And so we go out in town the first day and they, they get us on like these tour bus things from the port and take us into the town. Mm-hmm. Right. And we get off the buses and are immediately swarmed by like all these little kids trying to sell like bitty bracelets and trinkets mm-hmm. and stuff. And me and my Libo group are like, no, we need, we need two things. We need food and we need something crazy. Like we, we have been locked on a ship. We want to see something, <laughs> something crazy. crazy. We're trying to get nutto. Like, let's go. And so <laughs> they probably still have some random... from the Vietnam war who could squirt ping pong balls <laughs> out of hooch. Yeah, right. So we're sitting, we're, we're like wading through these kids, like get out of our way and all this stuff. We get through the, the sea of kids and come out the other side. And there's like a whole bunch of like these like tuk tuk driver things. But it literally was like a trailer, like a covered trailer attached to the back of a motorcycle by like a ball hitch. It oh, was like welded to the tender. Yeah. It was the biggest thing I've ever seen. And this guy's like leaning on his motorcycle, smoking a cigarette. And he's like, he's like, over here, my friend, where do you want to go? And we're like, my buddy's just like, we want to see something crazy. And he's like, I know the place. And he like takes a drag off his cigarette and just like God, flicks God. it into the street. And I'm like, I'm like, we are going to die. Like, right. <laughs> you just wrote this guy a blank it's check. Me. Yeah. It's, so the, my limbo group is me, two corporals, and then our platoon corpsman. That was our group. So it's two, cor- two a corpsman, a prior corpsman, and two corporals. And that's my Libo group. And we all pile <laughs> into the back of this freaking trailer thing on this motorcycle. And this dude just starts ripping through traffic. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, we are going to die. Like, that's the headlines tomorrow are going to be like that we were killed in this motorcycle. Marine servicemen killed. And he takes us training. 
Yeah. Yeah. He takes us to this place and he just pulls into this parking lot and stops, kills the engine, hops off the bike and just starts walking away. And like, doesn't like, we're just like, what the fuck? And then he just like turns and he's like, come on, like waits for us to come on and follow him. And so we're like, all right, whatever. But we follow him into this thing. It's like an archway. And we walk through the archway and we're in, it was basically like this janky reptile house that had like snakes and stuff that looked like if they had hands, they would have killed themselves like in cages, like, and like, it was just run down, but there's this, that looks like a black mamba. That's because it's a black mamba. Yeah. He's like, that's a, not a, that's a king cobra. No, we, we, that's a king cobra. Very good to eat. Yeah. But the thing was, it was an alligator farm slash reptile house and it was a restaurant. (laughs) And they had, they had these tables that were like hollow and there were like snakes in the center of the table. What the fuck? I'm like, yo, I'm Tropic Thunder. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I am not eating here. Like, this is not going to be a thing. You want to watch Simple Jack? Yeah. Yeah, he's like, we're not eating here. The rest of the group's like, we're not eating here. (laughs) But the guy's like, follow me, follow me. And like, he takes us around this thing and he takes us over the pit. And there's like 20 or 30 crocodile things in this pit. And he's like, wait here. And then he like walks across this bridge, talks to this other guy. That guy comes over to us and he's like, $10. And we're like, what? And like, my platoon corpsman just hands him a tenner and is like, here. Like no questions asked. I'm like, you have zero survival skills, right. bro. Like, what is going on? <laughs> We're gonna see some crazy shit. Walk in, they're feeding yeah. like people yeah. to the alligator. I don't fucking care. Yeah. But hands in the ten bucks. This dude turns and, and fucks off. And I'm like, I think you just got robbed for ten bones, man. Like, whatever. <laughs> and we're sitting there for probably about five or ten minutes. And we're like looking around at all the sad animals and stuff. <laughs> and then that guy comes back and he's got, he's got like Walmart plastic grocery bags in his hand. What? And comes walking over to us and he holds them out in front of him. And he's like, here you go. And it takes us a second to process like what's going on. And there's like live chickens in oh. these Walmart bags. The fuck? You and he's like, live chickens? <laughs> yeah. He, he brought like three or four Walmart bags full of live chickens. There's probably like eight chickens in these bags. And he's like, like, like he's baby like, yeah. chicks, like, he's like still yellow or like big white fluffy, like no, like full grown chicken, oh, shit. like full on <laughs> big chickens. Grab him by the neck and like, throw them in. Thought you grab yeah, him by the neck and throw the them in the pit with the alligator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah. It just like kind of thumbs over the rail into the crocodiles. He's like, you guys feed them. Okay. And we're like, to be no fair, fucking way. when you go to a petting zoo, they have the little vending machine. <laughs> Where you can put in a buck and get some chicken feed and feed the chickens. So it's only fair that if there's an alligator or a crocodile petting zoo, that you get to do the same thing. Yeah. And it it was so funny. Like we stood there holding these bags, like looking into them at these chickens for probably a good minute, like (laughs) trying to process what the hell just happened. (laughs) And then finally, one of the guys just reaches in and grabs a chicken and hucks it over the edge. And the ensuing just visceral bloodbath of this chicken getting ripped in half. And like, we all kind of stand there and go, holy shit. And then one of my guys is like, 
that only cost us 10 American dollars. (laughs) 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 And then we're just like hucking these chickens over the fence and into this thing and watching them get ripped apart. And it was insane. Like, Gators are like missing the chicken, but then they're landing on another gator. So then they're fighting and spinning around. It was complete chaos. Yeah, feeding frenzy, right? Yeah. For, yeah, for like five minutes. And then we were just like, all right, we're out of chickens. And then the, our driver's like, all right, follow me. Oh, and no. we left and got back in the death mobile. And he took us to a restaurant that ended up being like the hub of the rest of the time we were there in Cambodia. That was your because, operations. Yeah, it was. It was it, it wasn't just ours. It became like the entire de- deployment's base oh, of operations because we walked in. Safe meeting spot. Place is called. It's called the Monkey Republic. What? Okay, and we walked <laughs> in, and it's kind of like this open air bar, restaurant kind of a thing. It's got high high tables. It's got low tables. It's got a bar to sit at. Outside seating, like a patio and everything like that. It was it was a nice place, but on the wall. When we walked in, there was like a scoreboard on the wall. Okay. And we all kind of see it, but we all don't, we, we don't really like pay much attention to it. And it's like a chalkboard kind of thing. It's got lines and it's got like columns with like tick marks and numbers and all this stuff in it. So we sit and start to get our food, like order our food. And then I got to go to the bathroom. So I'm like, walk past this chalkboard thing and I look at it and take like a good look at it. And it's got countries listed down one side and then numbers down the other side. And at the top of it, it says Jaeger shot $1, Jaeger bomb (laughs) $1.50. And so I stopped the waitress and I'm like, what's with the board? And she's like, oh, anytime you do a Jaeger shot or a Jaeger bomb, it goes into the scoreboard and that's your score. And then... at the end of the month, whoever has the highest score on the scoreboard, like we erase it and start over. And whoever had the highest score, whatever country, there's a hostel that's attached to the bar. And anybody that comes in and stays in the hostel that's from that country for like the first week of the next month gets all their like food and drink for free or oh, something like I that. You say it gets a hooker. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> And so I look at the fresh lady boy. Yeah, that's what the scoreboard is. It's like, it's like Jaeger shot tally scoreboard. That's awesome. And they're like, okay, so then they all go over and check it out. And it was like, it was like Great Britain had like 99, France had like 50, you know, Cambodia had whatever. And it was just down. Australia had like 76 or something like that going through. Like the Netherlands had two, you know, like whatever. And then USA had like 45 or something like that. And I, I literally watched the moment when my Libo group, like all of their wheels like synced and they processed what we're about to fucking they, win. They had to do. And I'm like, I'm like, oh God. And one of my guys, Corporal Bush is, was his name. He's like, uh, we didn't win two world wars to fucking lose at the Jaeger scoreboard. And everybody <laughs> yes. God damn right. We didn't. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> so they start telling anybody from the detachment that comes in, like the deployment from the boat 
they see Marines, hey, Jaeger shot, scoreboard, blah, blah, blah. And they, they hash out the whole thing. By like the second night, the entire ship knows about the Monkey Republic. Oh, all right. Fuck yeah, dude. It's in the thousands. The first, night, the, the first night, we were at 45 when we walked into the bar. Okay. When we left that evening, we were wait, wait, at let me 415. Guess. I was going to say, oh, dude, 500. Oh, yeah. Like 415 oh. when, when my Libo group left. That's okay. what the bar said. Fuck, dude. The That's next, a lot. The next night, when we got to the bar, because we slept in a little bit, went and got breakfast and then okay. went out in town by the time we made it we stopped at the monkey republic just to see and the, the score was at 600 oh 600 and i'm like oh i'm like oh here we go like it's already starting like it's it's 9 30 in the morning and we're at 600 <laughs> when we left last night we were at 400 and something and i'm like it's it's on that second night they drank every drop of jaeger in the bar <laughs> oh, the next night <laughs> The next night, the poor owner was panicked because that night before he ran out of Jaeger and it got a little unruly. So he sent runners out to every bar on the strip and bought every bottle of Jaeger that they could spare. Oh my God. And they drank all of that the third night. <laughs> the yeah. fourth night, the fourth night, he sent his assistant manager and one of the bar backs in separate vehicles to the surrounding cities. And bought up every bottle that they could fit into these little minivan things and brought it back. And by the end of the fifth day, they they drank all of that. Wow. And it was insane. By the time we left on the fifth night, three, it was at like 5,743. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, dude. fuck, 5K? Yeah. Holy he shit. Had changed the scoreboard. So instead of it saying USA, it said USMC. And they've taken over the chalk. Yeah. They're like, it was like fucking Lord of the Flies. They're in there just like, like trays of Jaegers getting delivered and just drunken Marines are like, Jaeger, Jaeger, Jaeger. <laughs> and like just slamming Jaeger shots. And I'm like, this is, this is the downfall of civilization. Like this is ground zero for like, these, these guys are de-evolving over Jaeger shots. How and many the, of those the poor females in the bar got uh, with some Marines? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, well, there was, there was sailors and stuff from the ship that were showing up too. So there's like sailors showing up and they're like, they like changed, they added like U.S. Navy in there. Oh, no. It had like a couple hundred and like the Marines would go over and like erase it off the board and be like, fuck the Navy. And then (laughs) it's like, slam Jaeger. (laughs) See, boys and girls, you too can have this kind of fun. Join the Marines. See the world. Get drunk in foreign ports. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch this idea right now. Y'all don't get it in over over at Marine Corps headquarters. You need Sean. Go call somebody back at Public Affairs and explain to them the power of advertising on our podcast because we do more by telling stories like that to recruit fucking Marines than any goddamn commercial can. Because if you don't want to join the fucking Marine Corps after hearing about drinking Cambodia and all the surrounding areas dry of Jägermeister in five days. (laughs) If you don't want that kind of excitement, I can't help you. Yeah, Teamwork makes the dream work, guys. It really does. (laughs) I would have known about the booze cruises 
like I like I do now. <laughs> oh back when I was God, a boot, dude, you would have. I would have fucking been given on your my second nut. I would have given my a, left fucking nut to go on a mew. There was a, a, a like a a hostel area that was down on the coast, like right by the the beach, and there was a there was a hostel complex thing for sale. And I almost had the guys convinced that we should all just like get out and pool our VA money and buy this hostel in Cambodia and just I mean, like move over there. Dude, you'd probably you're, you're married, you have kids, fucking... and I'm like, they won't miss me. Like <laughs> he's now on Airbnb. <laughs> First night, we, uh, no, night. you can find us on VRBO. <laughs> it was nuts. We call also the Red Monkey Airbnb. Yeah. We called it like Devil Dog Saloon or something. Right now it is. They changed the name. Dude, it was, it was insane. And don't and, and don't email was, me telling me that that voice is racist because it's not my fault that that's how they talk. It's just <laughs> how they talk. It is. So how many people had to get their boars punched and go see the wizard on that fucking sixth day when they're like, all right, we're done in port and we're back on the ocean how many motherfuckers were like i, I gotta go to see the wizard well, probably all of them who knows <laughs> <laughs> I, at that point like i wasn't drinking anymore and so like i was sober the whole time and i was just like oh, observing just ruined the whole i couldn't i couldn't man like i well deliver i had personal reasons why i didn't drink I anymore and stuff so but I was I was monitoring my guys and making sure they but I didn't like stop them. They're like two drink limit. And I'm like, yeah, right. You didn't get six hundred and fifty bajillion Jaeger shots by having a two drink limit. <laughs> Don't be a bitch. <laughs> 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 I did I did take one Jaeger shot over there because one of my junior Marines bought it for me. And like when you're standing in, you know, the presence of history in the making, like you have to make your mark. So I did take one Jaeger shot so that I could contribute to the board, but like, hey, it, was, hey, Sarn, it was insane. Don't be yeah. a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically. We don't say Sarge. There's one thing we do not say. Is Sarn or get fucked? <laughs> I like get fucked. That's pretty good. Oh, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. And so, um, and all your other uh, parts of that um, you, was there anything that was crazy like that uh in any other libo ports or you know like any crazy fights or anything like that uh, on that one no not not really the guys are pretty good the one before that really hong kong they got in trouble in hong kong and some dudes got left behind when the ship left oh they were fuck. In, they were in a chinese prison oh <laughs> oh shit no uh, way what they do yeah for like beating some, well, so I guess some dude like they were defending somebody because like this guy was like attacking somebody in the alley, Wait and so they proceeded to stomp the shit out of it. It was like two dudes in in Hong Kong that got left behind, I think, or something like that. Did we? But it was because they, somebody they beat somebody with a shovel, there? I think. <laughs> something like oh, some so dude slow. started attacking somebody, and they they saw it and they intervened. And when the Hong Kong police showed up, all that they saw was two Americans kicking the shit out of a local. And so they didn't even ask questions. They just arrested them up. And the language barrier and all that stuff, too. So they just got arrested like the night before we're supposed to leave. So it was like the ship left. 
and they were still in jail. And like the command was working with the state department or whoever they had to work with to try and get them out and stuff. But yeah, on that, on that second deployment, the different places, like nothing really happened in Libo ports that I remember that was anything like to be worried about or anybody get into crazy fights or anything like that. They're actually kind of well behaved, which surprised me. Because I, I with, for sure thought, like, every time we pulled in the port, like, somebody's going to jail. <laughs> yeah, right. I spent a month on ship, um, and, fuck, my buddy almost got fucking captain's mass. Like, he, he, got fu- he got caught fucking banging some chick in her room. Navy chick. <laughs> well, you had that typical deployment stuff. Like, there were sailors and stuff that were caught hooking up in, like, paint lockers and stuff. And, like, the typical <laughs> deployment stuff, like so like it's so expected that it didn't even like ding on my weird shitter radar like it was, i didn't even process it but right. the jaeger well, shots thing like was like holy crap what happened to the dudes who were left behind in hong kong they eventually got released to the command because there's some sort of like treaty advanced party or something like that that goes into those places and this like so they get they had to like um send an officer from the deployment had to stay behind in Hong Kong until they were released and then like fly back to the Holy States shit. with them or something like they that. Get in trouble. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you, they missed movement and they were like, Oh yeah, they got in like some serious NJP trouble. Really for protecting but, someone's honor. Yeah. They, they didn't care. You missed movement. You got arrested in a foreign port. You caused, you almost caused an international incident. Like right. you're, you're getting bent over. Right, they're lucky. Uh, you're lucky that this is all that's happening to you, kind of a thing. Yeah, you're, it, it, you're, you're lucky that we even bothered to get you out. Like you, could, right. you could be in some Chinese work camp right now, making big rocks. And yeah, we could have said those aren't our kids. We don't know them. Yeah, <laughs> like no, speak English, and then just left them there. Yeah, like but they got out, but they they did not have a a good time when they did get out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. No, Tom, we had something similar that happened, but it was not protecting someone's honor. It was just beating the shit. It was robbing and beating the shit. Wait, out of is that what it was? I remember yeah. we heard a story about a, a fight and the guys got arrested, and I wasn't yeah. sure if this was the same one. I don't know if it was in Hong Kong. I don't know where it I, was. Or it might have been. It was either Japan or China, but I, I want to say. Yeah, they, I think it was Japan. And they, oh, was it Japan? Maybe it was. I don't fucking know. Anyway. But, I want to say I remember something about, I don't remember if it was on my deployment, excuse me, or the deployment after me, that it was something referenced like a guy thought he was taking a girl home and it was a lady boy and you don't find out until he got back to the hotel and he ended up beating him all the time. Maybe it was, it was in Japan or something like that. Well, you're in Japan, something. I remember something around that time, basically brought back a lady boy didn't realize it was a lady boy until he got back to the hotel room and then i i want to say like beat them to death or something like that i want to say that was in japan like right before we got there because i remember we get when we got to japan they had us on like base lockdown like we weren't allowed to go out in town and have a libo. japanese wow. don't have a lot of lady boys that would be that would surprise it me it was weird yeah. i just remember maybe they locked you down in japan because it had already happened close by, you know, in Thailand or something. And they're like, now everybody yeah, gets locked something. down. And they, they like, were like, yo, this just, it just happened like recently before we got there. Right. And they were like, you guys don't get to go out in town. Like, 
you're locked in the base until further notice. Wow. And stuff, but yeah. Well, look at the. And yeah, see, I expected way more of that, like on deployment, like some sort of weird thing, like fights and all that stuff. And it never really happened. It was. That's, that's actually pretty I was good. surprised. Yeah. Amazing to me oh, my. fast when we're having this kind of fun, an hour goes by. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, here we are. It's already been. Yeah. So, part three. <laughs> Yeah, we should, we we definitely want to have you back, Sean. It's been it's been a blast, and we always give our guests a chance. And I know you said you wanted to split them since we were doing two parts. You could split them up. So, yeah. uh, for our second episode, our part two, who did you want to dedicate this episode to? So I got two for this one. Okay, okay. I'll did it. The first one is EFC uh, McClenny, Daniel McClenny. He was killed in Barracout in two thousand and four with Thacker. And then the other one is PFC Snell. He was a tracker that was working up deployments with us, and he died in training. Twenty nine bombs. Oh. He uh, he had a rough one. It, that was a rough one. He was in the back of an AAV with the Miklik, the mine clearing. Yeah, that's my um, track thing. Yeah, like uh, it shoots like. This big rope of C4. Big rope of C4, yeah. 1,730 pounds of C4. Yeah. And uh, I guess there's some sort of safety pin that didn't get pulled or something like that. Or something happened and the safety mechanism didn't disengage. And so it's basically like a rocket burning in the back of the track. And it lit the fuel tank on fire and all this stuff. And he he couldn't get out of the back in that one. So that one was rough. And it was like right before we were deployed. But... Yeah, I can't tell you how many of those I've shot off, and that's that's so sad. That's I don't have any words for that. Like, that's like a, horrible. Yeah, it is a it was a stupid mistake that shouldn't have right. Whatever, but somebody somebody, somebody didn't do something they were supposed to do. Man. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. Yep. Well, rest easy, brothers. We got it from here. Um, we'll keep. We'll keep dedicating it until there's no one to dedicate it to. Sean, it's been a blast again. This awesome. goes by too fast and it's fun. And I, I've seen some of your new videos that you've posted since. Yeah. I, I listened to the locker room earlier and uh, when I was at work and listened to it. And then <laughs> was like, is that the thing Sean posted? And I was like, hey, they remember. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. And that, you know, it's funny. Me. Now, um, Chuck just told me that one of our posts it was from april <laughs> right fucking from april bro so when we were talking last time i was like we've never had a post go past like twenty thousand views and next thing i know fucking like four days later I- i'm getting blown up on my phone yeah me so too Tom. Like, what the hell is happening dude it was like sixty thousand. Then it was like a hundred thousand there was like one hundred fifty thousand. Then it was like two hundred thousand. now it's like 250 thousand views with like 20 something thousand likes and yeah, fucking like 17,000 shares or some crazy shit. I'm like, dude, yeah, it's it's just algorithm I just muted it. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm looking at 22,000, so, 22.7,000 likes. The video 13.5 thousand shares. Yeah. The video was basically something that reminded me of something that happened on patrol when I was working as a cop. Right. Um, because I'm off injured. And basically I had a guy run from me in a foot pursuit. 
tried to jump through a window, but bounced off and I fucking tackled him. We got into a little fight. It was in and in, into custody, whatever. So when I saw this video, it was basically in like a hotel or an apartment. It was a hotel. And the copper goes there to comes in contact with this dude and gets him in a firm grip on his left arm. And he's like, Hey man, don't tense up. Don't tense <laughs> yeah. up. And the fucking guy runs and the guy just starts, the cop just goes, <laughs> and he tries to jump through the fucking sliding glass window, but he bounces off right. and fucking falls back. And he's like, fuck. So I just sent you, I just crazy. sent you the video from our worst stories account. So you can check it out and see what we're, we're talking about. But it seems to be the part that everybody loves the most about it. And admittedly, understandably. So there's three components. Well, there's a couple of components. The guy runs. Well, just watch it. Go ahead. If you if you've got it, but the guy runs and oh, and he hits the window, and then the cops like, "Where are you going, man?" Like, yeah, and and <laughs> but the noise the suspect makes when he hits like, ah, <laughs> and like, "Where are you going, man?" The cop giggles. <laughs> I wish I had the fucking foot pursuit video. I wish I would have saved it because I was rolling camera, but I didn't, and I didn't record it. It's against policy. But there were so many people recording it on the street when mine That's happened. Like, don't tell guy fucking jumps in the air. He's a proly. He's a fucking proly. He doesn't want to go back to prison. Just fucking AEW'd his mom with the fucking at knife point. Right. And threatened to kill her husband. And he sees me chasing after him because I fucking found him. And he jumps in the air and screams like a little fucking girl. I wish I could get that fucking film because <laughs> it was awesome. And when I looked at everyone, I was like, hey. You guys got any any like film? Like they're all construction workers, and they're all like, "Nah, we didn't see shit." And I was like, "I appreciate it, but I really want that fucking video. Like, I really do. Like, I really want to see. It. I want to relish this for the rest of my life because this guy's a straight asshole, and he screamed like a little bitch when I fucking chased him. Oh, it's me. And dude, it was fucking amazing. But I'm never gonna see that video. Maybe one day in like 10 fucking years, it'll surface and going viral. And I'll be like, that's fucking me. That's fucking me. <laughs> so, I hope so, but who knows? We didn't have body cams, and I kind of wish we had for a couple of incidents because I would have totally downloaded the footage and saved it into my like personal GWiz file. And one of them I remember, uh, I had just come back from Narcs, and Sarge, if you're listening to, well, shit, you're a lieutenant now. Um, you're not listening to this. You get sued for listening to it. Uh, <laughs> so um, <laughs> the rookies had found a tweaker and they were chasing him downtown through the old parts of downtown. And there was a couple of brick buildings that literally date to the like late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and they're chasing him through this little narrow alleyway. And I know exactly where it goes out. So, you know, three rookies on foot. I drive my police car, you know, two more stores down and jump out. And I run the back alley knowing eventually it's going to hook around and connect. And so he's coming down the back alley. I'm hooking the other way. He doesn't, he's looking for them. He's not looking for me. And I just drop him coming, you know, head on like a Mack truck, put him on the ground. The rookies start running over and I don't see anything. I just see the rookies, of course, swarming on him. So he just, clothesline this dude and i just leaned in and i said welcome to welcome to a tascadero motherfucker <laughs> and my sergeant was like did you just welcome him to the city I'm like uh you heard that 
dude. I, mean, I forgot I was mic'd up. Like, right, right. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I, dude, I had a, I, I knew a guy. He arrested a dude in the middle of the street, stood over him in the middle of a major intersection, and screamed from at the top of his lungs, "Welcome to Sheriff Mart, motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> After he just. Oh, I mean, so, I mean, I I worked in a county that was a little, little cowboyish sometimes. For I don't sure, know if I tell any of those stories. Well, no, that that deputy's gone. He's not a deputy anymore. So, yeah. Cameras are cool when you want to save the video. They're really shitty when you want to get burned by your agency. <laughs> they like to fuck you. Yeah, they like well, to fuck you when noses and points happen. Now we're on a whole like, other episode. We should fuck. like yeah. so. I'll keep going. I don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to have you on, and I know Tom would again. um, I think that you have some more stories. I think it'd be great to just uh, shoot the shit, and I think that listeners would love it. Uh, I think if you're open to it, I think we should have you on again. Um, I think we should do. We should do a lot. Like we should do a live stream with the three of us, and like, like see if we can set up after we get our because we're we're working on doing live streaming uh, with locker room. But I think it would be. Beyond just doing a third episode, I would, I would, I think it would be really fun for the three of us to sit down and do like an ask me anything where we just let people do a live stream chat and they can just ask us questions. We should try to see if we can set one of those things up. I'm down. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be fun. We got to figure out our fucking tech, tech stuff. But well, yeah, I have to send people some cameras apparently because. I'll, I'll buy one. I was going to ask you today. Send me the link again. I have to I, buy one for the, uh, for the zero limits. Oh, oh, I just okay. gave some shit away. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a sneak preview. All right. Well, well Sean, again, appreciate you coming on. Why don't you tell them what we've got? Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like today's podcast and the content we provide, please help us out by rating and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or really whatever the fucking platform you listen to or subscribe to. <laughs> Our podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms. Had a little bit to drink, as well as on YouTube. Reviews and readings are how this fucking podcast platform decides what to recommend. So your reviews really help us grow the show. Also, please give us a follow on our Instagram at war underscore stories underscore official and our Facebook at war stories podcast. Yep. If you already follow us, please like and share our posts. If you click the link in our bio on Instagram and Facebook, it's Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Click the link. (laughs) You'll be able to reach all of our social media sites and our websites. Another way to support us is by visiting our website at www.warstoriesofficial.com. Let me say it again a little bit slower. www.warstoriesofficial.com. And grab some of our merch. We have some shirts, patches, stickers, wooby hoodies available. If you think you have a story to tell and you want to be a guest on the show, please email your info and a brief description of your story to us at booking.warstories at gmail.com. Again, for the hooked on phonics folks, that is booking at war. No, sorry. I fucked up. Now I look like an asshole. Booking.warstories. <laughs> now you look like an asshole. At gmail.com. So I can get you booked. Uh, I'm not an asshole. I just like to have fun. We're always looking for veterans, law enforcement, corrections, firefighters, and medics, but also dispatchers and nurses. If you have a friend you think would be a great fit, 
Let them know about us and give them our booking email again. Thank you for the support. Stay safe. And Sean, why don't you tell everybody how they can find you? Because they can follow you. You you post some pretty funny. I I checked it out. I'm not good. I checked it out. Uh, (laughs) But uh, you post some pretty funny content, and we want to grow your audience and uh, your exposure uh, and do more stuff together. It'd be fun. Where can everybody find you? Yeah, so Facebook and Instagram, it's all the same thing. It's a Marine called Doc. So A underscore Marine underscore called underscore Doc. And yeah, I got some stuff that I'm messing with. So I might have a video stuff going on here in the future. But yeah, I'm down to come back. Marine called Doc, you don't have a hair on your ass. Yeah, right. You'll follow me. You're (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I'm down to come back. I got some. I got. I want to issue the challenge. I want our. I want our listeners. After this episode drops, I want to see. So. The episode drops, Sean, at midnight 30 on Mondays. So this Monday, you'll know the date based on when we're recording this. The audience won't. They'll be hearing this on Monday. Midnight 30 that Monday. I want to know by 24 hours later, between when the episode drops and then 24 hours later, how many followers you gain. And I want all our audience to go as soon as they hear the episode drop and go follow it we'll see what we'll see what we can do yeah i looked at my stuff earlier and i jumped like i was at like seven thousand four hundred and fifty or something like that so well i want to say you already did it that's awesome i'd won from this last this last uh thing just today i saw before i came on i was up to like 7400 something like that but yeah i'll see what it what it jumps this next time yeah all right Well, then, until our next episode, I'm home with your shield or honor.